0: Top stories of the week. Julian Assange should be grateful he isn't being sent to Rwanda. Also, the Australian judicial system continues to embarrass itself, allegedly. And Rupert Murdoch sliding into your DMs right now. This is News Weekly and fuck flags. Hello, I'm Sami Shah and this is News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Who watches the Logies news now? It's been a long journey to the courts for Brittany Higgins, and that journey just got a little longer. It began in February of 2021, when former parliamentary staffer Brittany Higgins alleged being raped in Parliament House by another staffer. The allegation aired in an interview with journalist Lisa Wilkinson.
1: What did you say to him? I told him to stop.
0: Did he? No. Since then, Brittany Higgins' decision to speak publicly about what she allegedly experienced has inspired many. But if
1: it can happen in Parliament House, it can truly happen anywhere.
0: Infuriated others. A
1: report in the Australian newspaper this morning claims Defence Minister Linda Reynolds was overheard by her staff in her office calling alleged rape victim Brittany Higgins a lying cow on the very same day the former staffer went public with rape allegations last month.
0: And even forced Australia's former Prime Minister Scott Morrison to take a break from all his praying and try to figure out how to empathise with a rape victim.
1: Jenny and I spoke last night. And she said to me, you have to think about this as a father first. What would you want
0: to happen if it were our girls? Now, over a year later, the trial in which Brittany Higgins' allegations were going to be put to a jury and her alleged rapist would have had the chance to defend himself was about to start. And then Lisa Wilkinson, the journalist who brought the story to the public, won an award at the Logies for her journalism.
1: After 40 years in journalism, this interview and this story is by far the most important work I have ever done. And I knew it from the very first phone call I had early last year with a young woman whose name, she told me, was Brittany Higgins. Four incredibly intense, sleepless weeks... Later, when our story went to air, the entire country knew the name Brittany Higgins. As Brittany warned me before we went to air, her story would be seen by many of the most powerful people in this country, not as a human problem, but as a political problem. Brittany Higgins was a political problem. And governments tend to like political problems to go away. But Brittany never did. And the truth is, this honour belongs to Brittany. That
0: speech has caused a legal issue, which has now resulted in the case being delayed.
1: Today, Bruce Lehrman's lawyers told the ACT Supreme Court it was untenable for the trial to proceed. The judge agreed, saying some of the commentary had missed the fact Mr Lehrman has not been tried. The distinction between an allegation and the fact of guilt has been lost. Chief Justice McCallum took particular aim at Ms Wilkinson, who the court heard had been warned by prosecutors last week any comments she made about the case at the Logies could see a new stay application.
0: Okay, so basically here's what happened, right? So Lisa Wilkinson gave a victory speech at the Logies where she won an award for her reportage on the Britney Higgins story. And in that speech, she thanked Britney Higgins for coming forward with the story because if she hadn't, it would be fucking weird. It would be like winning an award at a cupcake baking contest by baking the best cupcake and then spending the entire time avoiding the words cupcake. And baking and the Liberal Party covered up and then lied about a rape in Parliament and we all let them continue until the next election instead of tarring and feathering their goddamn genitals and running them out of town. You know, all of those words are kind of hard to avoid in the right context. The Logies, by the way, in case you don't know, is an award show in Australia where TV celebrities award each other for making the shittest, most forgettable, bland and unwatchable television content in the world. It's the same 16 boring and unoriginal presenters winning medals for hosting game shows, like it's 1953 and serialised drama and comedy has yet to be invented. No one watches The Logies, just like no one watches Australian TV anymore. Isaac Butterfield's YouTube channel has more viewers than the project, for fuck's sake. But apparently the only thing older than the average Australian TV viewer is the Australian judicial system's understanding of how the world works. Apparently, by mentioning the word Britney and Higgins too close together, the judge is worried that potential jurors might become prejudiced in this case against the defendant. And therefore, the case has been delayed until everyone in the jury forgets the details of the case. As if anyone in the jury watched the fucking Logies in the first place and needed it to remind themselves of who Britney Higgins even is is the same daft logic that saw several Australian media outlets having to defend their right to publish basic information during the George Pell appeal back in 2020 as explained in this report by EWTN News in Washington, D.C., which is also trying to figure out why Australia's judges are so stupid. Well, just to give you some background first, in 2018, Cardinal George Pell, he faced two separate trials of child abuse in Australia, one scheduled to take place after the other. He was found guilty and convicted in the first trial. And so, in order to make sure that he had as fair a second trial as possible, the courts ordered that a suppression order be placed on all the details in connection with Cardinal Pell's two cases Cases. Now Tracy, this order is also known as a gag order, which prevents all media that's TV, radio, print, online, from reporting the details of the first case, including not publishing the Cardinal's name or the outcome of the first case to ensure that the jurors in the second trial of Cardinal Pell would not be influenced or swayed in their decision. I was at the ABC at the time and we had lawyers warning us before we even went into the studio not to mention the verdict of the Cardinal Pell case or even his name. Meanwhile, it was all over BBC, CNN, The New York Times and even Dawn News in Pakistan. Basically, the Australian legal system relies on jurors being so utterly ignorant of the world around them that they've never even heard anything in the news at all, ever, and therefore cannot be prejudiced? Do Australian judges not know about social media? Or, I don't know, idle chit-chat? Do they think communication technology ended around the same time their stupid wigs were designed? Should Australia keep 12 individuals locked in a box, isolated from the rest of society, and fed intravenously, only brought out to make decisions at trials, and then rushed back into their isolation? I know, let's let all court cases be decided by a jury of refugees who've spent the last decade in detention centres because Peter Dutton thought it was funny. Allegedly. That's also part of the legal system here, by the way, that you can be sued for defamation for anything, so I have to use allegedly whenever I'm saying something patently ridiculous. Something like For example, the High Court judges in this country are allegedly morons who allegedly need to rethink their entire approach to the application of the law in the 21st century or allegedly issue some amendments through the Supreme Court so we don't have alleged rapists enjoying more free time because a reporter thanked the alleged victim in her victory speech at an alleged award show. What's love got to do with it? News now. Shares in Viagra are about to see a steep increase in value as Rupert Murdoch is divorcing his fourth wife, Jerry Hall.
1: I got a bit of sad news this morning because after six years, a high-profile marriage of entertainment and media is coming to an end. 91-year-old media mogul Rupert Murdoch calling it quits with former model Jerry Hall.
0: You know, if those two can't make it work, no one can. The 91-year-old is indeed back on the market, soon to be on the dating apps, no doubt, creating his Tinder profile right now, sliding into the DMs of far-right politicians in the UK, US and Australia, snapping pictures of his penis that he probably surgically implanted from a younger man after his own withered dead member turned to dust and ashes a decade ago. So what now for the media mogul with a broken heart? Not his heart, of course. His was replaced by a literal lump of coal decades ago. I mean, he has an actual broken heart in a jar in his desk-side drawer, probably pulled from the chest of a newspaper production union worker in the 1970s. How did it come to this for poor Rupert?
1: Uh, Ali, I think it was a big surprise. Rupert Murdoch uh, tweeted that he was the happiest and luckiest man alive when he married Jerry Hall. Fourth marriage for Rupert Murdoch. First marriage for Jerry Hall. She, of course, had a multi-year relationship with Mick Jagger but they never married. She did marry Rupert Murdoch, 6 years together, 24 year age difference.
0: Look, age is just a number, as is whatever amount Jerry Hall manages to get from Rupert's 17 billion dollar fortune. I know it's easy to be cynical and make jokes about this. Hell, here's another one. Does Jerry Hall get Andrew Bolt in the divorce? Will they share custody of the Liberal Party? But like I said, it's easy to get cynical about this. After all, one way of looking at this is that it's a story about the man who made the world significantly worse and continues to do so just by dint of his inability to fucking die. And the woman who probably faked love for him for as long as she could manage before realising rich old men outlive us all and deciding she can only dry wretch so much before wishing she herself was dead. But another way of looking at this is it's two people who were probably once in love and now are no longer so. And it's always sad and a tragic thing when that love dies and their relationship is no more. In other news, a Delaware judge on Tuesday said that Fox News' parent company must face a defamation lawsuit from Dominion Voting Systems, ruling that the election company's allegations that Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch intentionally pushed election lies had enough merit to move the case forward, a case which could result in a $1.6 billion lawsuit. Jerry better get paid ASAP. That's all I'm saying. At least we're ranked higher than Sydney. News now. According to The Economist magazine's Global Livability Index, which ranks cities by how livable they are, Melbourne is no longer the most livable city in the world, a rank it held from 2011 to 2017. And it is now instead in the 10th spot.
1: Austrian capital, Vienna, is ranked number one, with Adelaide, the next best Australian city, at 30.
0: Okay, to be fair, having been to Adelaide, I think 30 is still a little too high. It's got a market, and that's pretty much it. Also, Vienna? Who cares about Vienna? Have you been to Vienna? No one's been to Vienna. I mean, I haven't, but it's Austrian, which means everyone probably smokes still and talks funny. They eat cake all the time, like a bunch of decadent weirdos. I have no idea if that's true, but Google said it was. Oh, and and Hitler was born there. Really, Economist magazine? Are you pro-Hitler now? Because it sounds like you are. Oh, now they care about extradition treaties. News now. UK's Home Secretary, Preeti Patel, has taken time out of trying to win a one-upmanship against Australia by sending refugees to goddamn Rwanda by approving the extradition of Julian Assange to the US. It's apparently all part of her sending people to the worst possible place for them plan, likely to win the support of the British public, which is largely made up of people who look like spotted dicks and think butter chicken is spicy food. The extradition of Julian Assange being approved by Preeti Patel is a surprising acceptance of extradition requests by the Home Secretary given that the Home Secretary in 2000 rejected Chile's request to have brutal dictator Augusto Pinochet return to his homeland, where he could stand trial for the killing of over 3,000 people and torturing hundreds and thousands more. Or the repeated refusal to extradite political leader Altaf Hussain back to Pakistan, despite repeated requests by both Benazir Bhutto and Imran Khan's governments to hold into account for his alleged ordering of several murders, including my high school sociology teacher who once criticised his fucking politics. The Americans want to prosecute Assange for releasing documents that provided evidence of American war crimes, because they think that evidence makes America look bad, as opposed to everything America has done in the last century, which already makes America look pretty fucking terrible.
1: Julian Assange faces 18 charges in the United States related to his role in publishing classified cables and sensitive military material from the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. He's always maintained he was acting as a journalist or publisher, exposing military wrongdoing. But the U.S. accuses him of violating the Espionage Act via illegal
0: hacking. Apparently, violating the Espionage Act, way worse in America than violating the War Crimes Act. All eyes now turn to Australia, of which Assange is still a citizen, even though the Australian government seems to have conveniently forgotten that detail over the last decade or so. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has previously come out in support of Assange, like the statement in December of last year. I fail to see what purpose is being served by the ongoing incarceration of Julian Assange. Since becoming the government, it's understood he is engaged in quiet diplomacy to help Julian Assange, something he addressed recently.
1: That, you know, there are some people who think that if you put things in capital letters on Twitter and put an exclamation mark, then that somehow makes
0: it more important. It doesn't. That, of course, damages my current strategy to get more followers for Newsweekly, which was just going to be me putting follow Newsweekly exclamation marks exclamation mark on Twitter and hope it works. So far, the situation seems grim for Julian Assange, given that UK and Australia have acted as though America's got some blackmail material on them, the likes of which WikiLeaks would be an ideal organisation to release to the public so we knew exactly why they're being such gutless cowards. (music) that's it for this edition of news weekly if you like this podcast please head over to itunes and leave a, leave a review give it a five-star rating that stuff really helps with the rankings and the visibility of the podcast also if you like supporting things you can support my podcast and all the other things i work on by heading over to patreon.com slash samisha that's s-a-m-i-s-h-a-h there's book recommendations there's been recipes in the past that i need to put some more up off right now very soon And of course, the text and print edition of Newsweekly goes out every week there as well. Otherwise, I'll see you right back here on Newsweekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly.